Talking baseball. Are you in the mood for baseball season? It is Sir, upon us. There is never a time when I am not in the mood for baseball. <laughs> Take me out to the ball game, Kyle. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang Podcast. This week on another releases-focused episode, we're jumping through the eras of time, from centuries-old stylistic references to ideas around futurism, to feelings of memory and nostalgia. Hold on to your hats, I'm Kyle Reed, along with my good friend, your Interrogang co-host, and a man with an extensive and diverse character set, Joshua Dick. Hi, Josh. Hi, Kyle. Thank you for noticing, I just had my character set done. Oh, you're welcome. It's uh, it's always a drag when no one notices your character set, right? Only my type designer knows for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's go. Let's get into it. These are releases from week 14, 2023. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Okay, so I mentioned at the top of the show that we're doing a little bit of time travel in this episode, and I wanted to clarify that a little bit. This last week was filled with so many releases. Really, it was kind of inspiring to see. I've pulled together five that I think are all on a common theme of sorts. Uh, They each have a very interesting relationship with time, each in their own and unique ways. So what do you say, Josh? You want to time travel a little? Cool, man. Let's do it. Let's go back. Let's go back to Neanderthal times before fonts existed and then blow the minds of all those cavemen and women about <laughs> typography. That would really change That's probably the course n- of history. Not what you meant, but go ahead. You you say what you were <laughs> going to say. All right. Well, first up, Ono Type has released a stunning Art Deco inspired type family called Regrets. <laughs> You know, we talk about type design being a blending of art and science, right? Well, this thing, it really is more art than science. It's quite beautiful. Regrets is a small family of three fonts, two fonts that play uh, in different keys, literally major and minor. Uh, the major being a more swashy, loose affair than the straight-ahead minor that adheres to the skeletal structure a little bit more. Uh, and a wonderfully illustrated decorative font packed with border elements, uh, ornaments, I think it's called, Um, fluid framing devices, uh, and uh, these charmingly illustrated grasses and plants. And major and minor can also be the amount of regret you've had. You've had major regrets, you've had minor regrets, and this is them in font form. I know, my mind kind of goes to the music thing. Mine too, which is is probably the better way yeah, to go. Yeah, but... <laughs> little, little less dark, but, uh, yes. you know. But it's on theme with regrets. I, I, that was a nice touch. Whatever you need to think to get through. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Ono is always really good at this, uh, adding an additional decorative or uh, ornamental style into their fonts. And we've mentioned this on the show before, that they pack in a decorative or border style to fill in the typeface release with context. Uh, these plants and grasses that are I mentioned are drawn in the same Art Deco style as the letter forms, but evoke more of the magic of the era because they're plants and objects, not just lines and, and letters. You get so much bang for your buck stylistically and, and brings it into that more artistic realm. Yeah, really great stuff here. Uh, fantastic typeface release um, and genuine and sincere masterstroke from 
uh, all the folks over there at Ono Type Co. Now. Okay, and I can't let the name go by without talking about yeah. it because it's too good, it's too funny to me that you would name a font <laughs> Regrets, which really makes you wonder, like, are you going through something? Because also, uh, Ono Type Co. lists. Well, first of all, it says it was one of the most difficult fonts to name, and it lists some other mm-hmm. options, and they go from Ennui, which I love. A little font Ennui yes. I thought that is was a, a beautiful, beautiful thing to think about. But they also have Misgive and Qualm, Disdain, Contempt, Calamity. I, If, <laughs> if Ono Type Code needs to talk, you know, sometimes you just need to talk yeah. these things out. Graves. You guys okay over there? Please. <laughs> Desperate was one of them. Heinous. I mean, it's too good. You got to go to their website to read all of their options because yeah. there are like 40. It's great. It's too funny. Well, they got to fill in fonts for all those names now. I can see them all happening. Well, someone's got to take Ennui by the horns and run with it because that's just yeah. too funny. Is anyone having more fun than James Edmondson over at Odo Type Co.? There are funny few, people are having fun. Any. But is anyone having more fun? It's too good. Well, the second typeface I wanted to talk about does a little bit of time hopping uh, of its own. Neto is the latest release from Typemates, and it comes with some history. In 2008, Daniel Utz first released Neto with FontShop, now monotype as FF Neto. Uh, back then, the typeface covered three weights, light, regular, and bold. It was pretty popular. Um, it rose through the ranks there at Font Shop and uh, became a, a real staple in um, you know, certain graphic design movements. Uh, but Typemates has brought Neto back into the independent world this week, this time with a little polish and expansion. Neto now has... Uh, five weights of Roman and Italic styles, and five weights of the icon set. So this is what's really cool about Neto um, and why this re-release is so incredible. This icon set is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's got the rounded sans stylings of the alphabetic characters of Neto, but carries it all through over 420 pictograms, including uh, icons of transportation, objects hands signs you name it it's in there 420 pictograms a really impressive effort of of visual communication Mm -hmm. Uh, here's what the foundry has to say about it precisely drawn netto is all about geometric essential forms whether they are spurless glyphs or informative icons every character has been distilled to essentials The result is a clear system of letters and symbols that takes information beyond standard text communication. I really like this approach to this typeface. I get the essentials thing. I get the beyond standard text communication thing. It is as close as we can get to modern hieroglyphics, I think, uh, without going into emojis. It's a different kind of thing, right? But yeah, very clean, really, really fun. I like the bike. That's my favorite one. Yeah. (laughs) I think they have a little Vespa in there too, which I think is pretty yeah, it's good. Neto um, yeah. is neato, I think. It, <laughs> I think it's cool that Geometric Sans, I remember talking to you once about how Geometric Sans, it's just hard to be creative with them. It's hard to mm. push the boundaries around what a Geometric Sans can be. And I feel like ever since we had that conversation, we've seen people do what we said was going to be really hard to do. And Neto is yeah. another example where you're not actually bound by the laws 
of geometric sands, at least not the way that we once thought you might be. And if it means going into hieroglyphs, sure, fine. That's fun. <laughs> give us give us a geometric sans Vespa and we'll be happy. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Josh. I, I think Neto nails it here. Neto is neato. <laughs> Next up, we've got a very cool and technically impressive project from Letterer called Neither Confirm Nor Deny. God, these names. So good. Or it's so good, right? Or as, it, as it's otherwise known... L-T-R-N-C-N-D, you know, a snappier, jazzier version of the name. I suppose, but neither conform nor deny is too much fun to say. It's great. So yeah, let me unpack this name and this project a little bit. This project really is fascinating. It shows off the coding skills uh, and ingenuity of Eric von Blockland, the head of uh, Letter R over there. And this is a project that's really based on code. NCND is a typewriter typeface that mimics the texture and inky splatter of a World War II typewriter with an overused ink strip. You know how a typeface or a typewriter will get an inconsistent ink density letter to letter to letter and gives it this beautiful speckled texture amongst all of the, the letter forms on the page. Which is really hard to capture digitally. Yes. Yeah, it's an aesthetic thing that is really only possible in print, but... right. Eric von Blockland has been working really, really hard to try to bring that into the digital realm. So what makes this typeface cool and different than all the other courier-esque typewriter types out there is that this one has the power to show that changing impression of a typewriter losing its ink density over time. Very cool. Uh, This is all through the simple variable fonts format. So just a simple application of the future technology of of type design gets you this incredibly evocative typeface that is, it's really useful. Blockland has essentially created a time traveling typeface with a very good spy name. Um, I love this experiment. It's got so much personality and yes, useful as a typographic tool all at the same time. Cool project. Cool project and an honest to goodness, wonderful font. My first reaction, even with, with before you get into the variable inkiness of the letters is mm-hmm. it's a very creepy font. This one belongs in any Halloween list because it just kind of has that texturing <laughs> gives it that, that yes. craggly look, that craggly feel. Um, so mm. alternate use there, but also this this variable nature that allows you to add or subtract ink in a way that isn't just weight. It isn't just thickness. It's actual fullness. Yeah, density. Yeah, it kind of kind of makes me feel like we're at the cusp of something big with what variable fonts mm-hmm. can do. It's not just giving you the range of weights and widths. It's practicality through the variable font. Bingo. And I also think it's great that the future of variable fonts could be looking back to typewriter. It's really a good yeah. example of everything old is new again. I love that statement so much, Josh. Out. Yes, you absolutely nailed it. I think this is what's so special about Eric Van Blockland is that he really is a visionary. He's an innovator. Mm-hmm. He's a person who's going to help us understand the tools that we have and see the potential of what we can do. And that's incredible. Yeah. So now I'd like to fast forward a little bit to the now with a modern take on the historical Clarendon model from Studio Rene Beter called Staccat. So you know me, Josh. I do love a good Clarendon. You sure do. 
but all the modern releases adhere to the genre really specifically. Mm-hmm. They all kind of mm-hmm. make a faithful attempt at his at a historically accurate interpretation. Thus, they all kind of end up looking somewhat similar. Right. Uh, Rene Beter has broken out of that mold a bit and interpreted what it means to be a Clarendon in a really unique way. Staccat takes the logic in the Clarendon's typical construction and exaggerated it, kind of pushed the the envelope a little bit uh, to make it feel like a fresh digital take. It's got these trenched ink traps uh, in, in the joins and all the right places that bring the strokes into a more tapered space. The serifs are sturdy, while the stems and connections are sinewy and lithe. I really like this one. I, I caught myself just kind of staring at it for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, honestly, um, <laughs> because each character is just really interesting. It's familiar yet uh, moved on and refreshed in a way. Yeah, it, it feels like a Clarendon, but it's not historically a Clarendon. Uh, that's why I really like it. Yeah. It's got a futuristic attitude. It's a great take. It's modernism. It's mid-modernism. It's type design history wrapped into this funky package of time morphing um, type design. It's really, really cool. Well, and I may not be the Clarendon cultist that you are, Kyle, but <laughs> I want to give a quick shout out to the numbers. The numbers, I f- mm. feel like, are where the the modern elegance really meets the Clarendon style in a standout way when I was flipping yeah. through the glyphs. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they had these little like circular cutouts or wavy French curve lines or really odd oblong joins in that eight. Like, yeah, there's... The numbers are a, a very strange bunch. <laughs> um, yeah, also, I'd like to give a shout out to the italic in this typeface. It it runs the gamut of, of traditional pen stroke italics, but brings in that quirkiness of the Romans. Um, it does, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, it, it has these large like dinosaur horn serifs on like the, the C or the S. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's just some funky moments that are really delightful. Cool. Uh, so lastly, Josh, I'd uh, I think we got to talk about baseball. Let's talk. We're talking baseball. It is. It is true. We are here at the beginning of the year, beginning of baseball season. Opening day has happened, and to all our gentle listeners out there, Josh is a really big uh, baseball fan. I am a baseball fan as well. So yes. So I wanted to bring to your attention a fun unserious project to help you get into the baseball mood even more josh yeah yeah it's called dinger a new baseball inspired tuscan serif font from dingbat co how how could that be unserious yeah (laughs) that's very serious to me yeah so that's right it's it's a tuscan um, we haven't seen one of those in a long while. I feel like last year we didn't see any Tuscans. Tuscans aren't really a style that people care about. It's, or It's not really today. No. Yeah. Uh, this is a style that was evident in all the early baseball uniforms, like the Boston Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cardinals, some of those original teams back at the you know turn of the 20th century. And it has this unique flair to it that that really does scream baseball. I don't know how a Tuscan letter form got associated with baseball so hard, but man, it, it is spot on. It, it kind of became baseball because of those early examples from the Yankees, the Red Sox. Yeah, I guess it's chicken and egg, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Which came first? I, I'm pretty sure 
they commandeered Tuscan serifs to become what is what we now think of. Yeah. We now associate to baseball first thing. So you can still see this style in baseball today, actually. It's not just a historical precedent. Think about the Mets, uh, you know, that NY Mets monogram in orange and blue. Those letter forms have these split decorative serif ends, that Tuscan style. It's still a thing. Like it hasn't gone away. Yeah. Um, Dinger has brought those conventions and stylings into a plump and charming font that brings you back to the Sandlot. So I'd love to hear what you think about this one, Josh, being such a baseball fan. It's a, it's wild. It's a little different. It's cheeky. It's fun. It's it's the it's yeah. a good good example of fun, and it's what we now consider retro when we think retro baseball uniforms. Mm-hmm. It's '60s '70s Tuscan serif more than it is that that turn of the century. It's Mets. It's Los Angeles Angels or California Angels if you really want to go back yeah. in time. <laughs> it's what a lot of the the city connect uniforms the teams are are doing these alternate uniforms to either reflect a time gone by or honor old school looks so a lot of them are kind of going to that look now as their yeah. quote unquote retro so it's really evocative of that to me mm-hmm. and it really is for the name across the jersey when you start getting it into long text the silliness really does come out of dinger it adds a little chaos. Chaos. Don't use it just as a display. <laughs> yeah, chaos fun. is yeah. a good <laughs> word for it. But fun chaos, isn't it all? And yeah. it's lighthearted. It's lighthearted. It might make you a little dizzy, but it's like a good knuckleball. You may not. <laughs> there aren't a whole lot of them out there like this. So when you do see one, it throws you for a loop, and that's what that's what we're here for. So I'm I'm getting my peanuts and cracker jack, and taking a long look at yes. Dinger. Get it when you need a home run. I, what other baseball thing can I say? Let's see. That's it for this week's Interra Gang. This episode was edited by Andrew Spheris, who also provides most of the original music you hear for our episodes. The music you're listening to right now is Cut It Loose by Max Band. The Interra Gang is a production of Proof & Co. Visit our website at proofco.xyz to subscribe to our weekly newsletter that chronicles all the activity in independent typography every week. You can also get your copy of the 2022 Annual Report and Almanac, a data-driven analysis of the world of independent type, by heading over to our website as well. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore and underscore co, on Instagram at proofco.xyz, or drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future Interrogang, or if you believe type is a time-traveling medium, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, and of course we hope you are, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month by following the link in our episode notes. There's no pressure if that's not in your budget, our episodes will remain free of charge on the podcasting app of your choice. We appreciate you all listening. As always, thank you for being a part of the Interra Gang, and we will see you next time. High ticket prices. What else? What else? They knocked it out of the park. They knocked it out of the one. park. Oh, man. That was right in front of me. That that was a meatball. I could have swung <laughs> at that one. And swing and a miss. Yeah, ding, Dinger's a real catch. Oh, catch. Yes, good. I, was, I went to fishing. Ha <laughs>
Dinger really goes around the horn. What else? Uh, yeah. Are we done? I we should be done. I'll just. It's a real ground ball, a, right? To you. I mean, if it's right, that's not a great one. But we've, we've lost, lost the thread. The thread. Let's go. At this one now. I'll go hide. <laughs> Bye.